Parenting is hard. Few of us feel up to the task. The world is shifting, quickly and dramatically. All of us feel the changes affecting our families. The stress and pressure can be intense. We are here to help sort the good and the bad, provide insight and bring hope. Welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. We're so glad you stopped by. Hi, and welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. I am your co-host, the very calm, the very kind Pastor Brad Mathias. I don't know if I call it that. I'm Robert Beeson, and uh, we're really glad that you joined us today. Brad, you look uh, you look like... Careful. Careful. Yeah, you look good. You look good. Really? Yeah, it's good to see you today. Well, it's nice to be seen. And what have you brought from Maine for us to discover today? Oh, yes. Uh, well, you know, being a Mainer, mm-hmm. I've learned to uh, ex- experience the different cultural parts of Maine that are less obvious. Mm. In Maine, there's there, culture in Maine. There is there is culture, and one of the things that surprised me, I thought as a 20 year Tennessean, that I knew where whoopie pies came from. They come from Tennessee. Well, that's what I thought, but it turns out they're from Maine. You know what? Goo Goo clusters come from Tennessee. I get those two mixed up. So uh, what I found out is that in Maine, you can go to any store. It can be a grocery store. It can be a gas station. It can be a furniture store. They have bowls when you come in. Of fresh made whoopie pies, not this mass-produced stuff like I whoopie have on pies? the counter here. Yes, they're like cakes, like fresh made. Fresh made, not moon pies. No, they make their own. Yes, whoopie pies all over the place, and they have like sort of an unofficial competition like who makes the best one. My wife was in heaven; she tried everybody's. Have you tried to make them? No, the sugary frosting's a little tricky. I think. Hmm. And some people use the cream cheese. Some people use just sugar. Lard. Lard, I guess. You're the chef. <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm I just, just guessing. Know, I just know that the some of the cake part is so soft and moist. It's I never would have thought amazing. that. Amazing. Huh. So it's a big deal up in Maine. Uh, we, we have in our studio, for those who want to watch it on YouTube, we have the Tennessee version. Uh, there are several versions, but I, I couldn't actually bring... These don't look that good. I don't know if you... If you're watching this, I want to know, do you think this looks good? Because it doesn't look good to me. It doesn't look fresh. It doesn't look moist. Why don't you open it, looks it up like, and have a bite? I don't, I don't want to. Okay. I'm good. Tell me, if you're watching this, what do you think? Does this look good? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think they must be because they're an iconic brand here in Tennessee. That is not true. Just because you're iconic doesn't mean it's good. And there's a lot of instances I can bring. But we, that's not what we're here to discuss. No, it's not. I think we've gone down the rabbit trail too far. Anyway, uh, welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. I am the normal, the calm, and the kind co-host. Robert is not. No, I'm not. He is uh, erratic um, and odd. So, But he is wise. He has wisdom, and I love the way you've let your beard grow out. I like the gray. <laughs> Makes a very distinguished look. I would just like to point out that everything that you just said was not kind. And so you bragging about this kind, gentle, whatever... And you take shots at me across the table, you're kind of showing your true colors. But I digress. Let's get into this. And so we're back at it. It is uh, podcast season again, and we're in Nashville, Tennessee, actually uh, broadcasting from our studios at iShine Ministries. And today we have a very special guest. Yeah, Robert. I'm excited about this. I'm I've been excited reading about this her conversation. bio, I've been checking out her story a little bit. She's a local, if you will. She's from Cookville, Tennessee. Her name is Becky Davidson. Mm-hmm. She's the co-founder and president of Rising Above Ministries, and she is involved with special needs care. Mm. 
And she has a very unique story that I think our audience is going to be very happy to know. Welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting, Becky. Welcome, Becky. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here today. Well, Becky, I've I've looked at your bio. I've looked at the book that you've helped to finish that your late husband uh, started. And I, I think there's a couple of significant stories sort of hidden within your uh, testimony, if you will. And our audience is mostly moms who are raising their own kids right now. And so your story is going to resonate, I know, with many of our audience. Can you just give us a quick sort of short version of how you got to be where you are today with this book? Yeah, well, um, my husband and I married back in 1991, and uh, we thought we had our whole life figured out. You know, we were going to live the all-American dream and have great kids and live this this perfect life. And in 1997, um, we gave birth, I gave birth to this beautiful son, this beautiful boy, and we started realizing that those dreams and those plans and those things that we thought were going to happen just wasn't going to happen because our son ended up having profound special needs Mm. and was going to require 24 seven care his whole life. And we started kind of down into this, you know, when you find out your child is going to have special needs, you grieve and you um, uh, grieve all the things you thought your the way your life was going to look. And that's what we did. We handled it completely differently. I kind of threw myself into research and finding um, ways to help our son. And my husband, because he didn't quite know what to do, threw himself into what he was good at, which was his job. And so he just kind of became, uh, would, would work a lot, spent a lot of time in his office, just because he really didn't know how to relate to our child. He loved our son dearly, mm-hmm. but he just, because he couldn't go play football or couldn't go do sports or ride bikes or things that he thought his life was going to look like with his son, just wasn't quite sure what to do. And we honestly felt so isolated. Uh, I, I remember back when our son was first diagnosed, we felt like, honestly, we were the only family in our town who had a child with special needs because we never saw anybody else. Right. But we knew that wasn't true. We knew there had to be other families like us out there. So in 2005, we decided, you know, let's see if we can find a way for all these families to come together. So that's when we launched Rising Above Ministries. And it just started small. And uh, we just started doing local outreach events for special needs families. And we started seeing just the need. We did, I remember doing our first event and we thought, well, maybe we'll have, you know, two or three families come. And we were packed out hmm. with families because they were longing for to have that community, longing to have that that sense of a place to where they could fit in and not feel like an outsider. And so we just started adding more events and growing. And uh, as we as we were working th- with the families at Rising Above, Jeff started realizing that the dads are the ones who have the hardest time grasping with the realities of this new life. Mm. And he wanted nothing more than to find a way to encourage dads, to help them know how to navigate this special needs life. And so he had started a book, um, Common Man Extraordinary Call, in order to help just equip these dads, to just encourage them and equip them to be the best dads that they could be, to be the men that God called them to be. And um, unfortunately, just a few months after he'd signed the contract on the book, he unexpectedly passed away. Oh, man. And so for the past two years, um, I had the honor of completing the book for him. 
working with the team to, to finish his legacy, his legacy project that he wanted so desperately to have out there. But in I've the also been learning. Grief, to- if I could just ask you, um, in the midst of all that grief and just struggling with the loss, why was it so important for you to finish the book? Well, I knew um, how important this was to Jeff. Mm. He, this was his passion. This is he. He would stay up at night, just heartbroken because he would see families falling apart and mm. dads not knowing what to do. And even when he was in the hospital, the last two weeks of his life, he asked for his computer so he could work on the book. Wow! It was that important to him, and so I, I had to. I had to do whatever I needed to do. You could not do it. You had to finish it. Wow! You know, I I think. There's always this really cool factor for Christians that's unique to our culture in that the things that happen to us are often tragic, but we see the hand of God redeem it. Right. And, and we haven't even gotten into your story yet, but I can already feel that. I can already feel that here you uh, had the challenge of a special needs child, and then you've lost your husband, but yet there's a redemptive power at work in your story. Yes. And for parents, often, you know, they run into these hurdles or these obstacles and they think they're this huge, terrible event when they turn out to actually be a hidden blessing. Would you say that's true for your story? Well, definitely with John Alex, you know, with my son, um, you know, we when we first found out about his special needs, our whole world was wrecked upside down. Mm. And I'll never forget when we just kind of came to this place of there's a part in the book that it's called it says it's, it is well with my soul. When we came to the place of acceptance of going, you know what, this is God's absolute best for us. And he is the most beautiful gift that we could have ever imagined created just the way that he is. And my son has brought me more joy and more comfort and more peace. And just, I, I can't imagine him being a typical child. I, just, I can't. I just mm. can't imagine what our life would look like. And so I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that he was created just the way that he is. Now, the death of my husband, I struggle with that. You know, mm. like, how can this be, part, you know, dealing with this, how can that be part of the big picture? I know deep down in my heart that it is. But I struggle in the flesh, you know, yeah. seeing that. But I can say that I now know what it's like to be a solo parent, to be a single parent. Yeah. You know, we've ministered to single parents all through our journey in our in the ministry. But now I know what it's like. Yeah. Because and it I'm, takes someone to be having walked in that that place to actually effectively minister. It's not just academic or theory. I mean, having walked in those. Absolutely. The, in those shoes are actually are, is what qualifies you to have such an impact. And I love the fact that this book is, you know, called a field manual for fathers with children. Cause you're yeah. right. I mean, dads sometimes just don't know, we don't know how to react period to people, but you throw a special needs component in there. I mean, I can imagine how that would be difficult. Um, what are some of the important practical lessons that dads will, will get from this book? Well, it's like you said, it is, it is honestly a, field manual. It kind of walks you step by step through the process of, you know, you, you're going to grieve and you're going to go through that grieving process. And it kind of walks you through what that looks like as a special needs parent. And and the reality is you grieve throughout the whole journey. So, you know, when our son uh, was born and we started realizing his special needs, we grieved the life that we thought we were going to have. And the grief process continues because when he turned 16 and all of our friends' kids were going and getting their driver's license, yeah. 
well, that wasn't something we were going to experience. So we kind of had to grieve, yeah. go through that process all over again. Now, you know, now it's more my friend's kids are getting married. Well, that's not going to be our life for him. And um, just learning that it's okay to grieve. It's okay to go to go through that. You need to go through that, but you just don't get stuck. A lot of dads get stuck in anger. Mm. And so to help, it just helps you get through that. It also helps you know, there's a chapter on dealing, it's called dealing with civilians, about dealing with the population, <laughs> people who are, you know, who say hurtful things and, and how to, um, how to deal with that when, when those negative words and comments come, just God, it's step by step kind of what you can do when those things happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, uh, just to give you some context, Robert uh, is the president and founder of Solo Parent Society. So Robert has extensive experience as a solo parent of three daughters. I've been married 28 years and I have three grown kids and a couple of grandkids. We've, we've both made enough mistakes to know we don't have a clue about parenting. And the whole title of this podcast, Brilliantly Brave Parenting, is tongue-in-cheek. No one feels brilliant or brave yeah, as a parent. Exactly. Uh, if you do, you need to start over. Uh, but I, I think as I, as I look at your story, and I, as a pastor, have, have met parents of special needs kids, there is a, a very unique set of challenges that will affect your family that didn't affect mine, and vice versa. Right. I'm just curious, for the listener, what are those things that you've had to overcome that you've had to navigate that were yeah. unique to your, your situation? Well, I think it's a lot of the what ifs, you know, like, like we're actually doing Rising Above Hosts, an online Bible study. And that's the series that we're doing right now is what if. Mm -hmm. So it's been very interesting hearing uh, the comments from from parents. So it's, you know, it's the fears that we face as special needs parents. The biggie for special needs parents is what, you know, who's going to take care of my child if something happens to me? Mm. You know, what if, what if, what if I'm not able to care for my child or what if I'm not able to protect my child? And I know that goes, you know, any parent deals with the, uh, no, you know, protect I get how that would, yeah, that would be massive. You know, but when you have a nonverbal child who can't communicate with you, can't defend themselves, those are the biggies, you know, just the medical, concern, medical concerns. Um, I have a friend whose son is in and out of the hospital all the time and just those fears of, one of the one of the parents commented. She said, "I'm just afraid I'm going to wake up and my child's going to be gone. You know, mm. has, has died in the night, and that is a fear for so many of our parents. And so, those big what ifs, those are the biggies, I think, for um, a lot of special needs families. And how do you deal with the what ifs, you personally? Well, how for have me, you navigated that. For me personally, uh, the, when John Alex was in school, I used to like if if something happened at school, I my immediate reaction would kind of go into that freak out mode of, Oh my goodness, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And over time I learned to just kind of step back and we started every day. We would pray on our way to school and I would pray for, you know, God to show me anything I needed to see that was going on at school uh, for God to put his absolute best with my child. And if, if there needed to be changes in his staffing or with teachers to do that, to just I left that up to God to take care of that. I used to be the mom who would be in there and be fighting for what um, 
you know, what I thought was best. But when I learned to relinquish that control and realize that God knew what was best for my child better than I could ever imagine, then Jeff and I both just had this sense of peace. Yeah. And when, when staffing changes would happen at school where before I would freak out, I could have peace about it and go, okay, God, I'm trusting that you are doing this because it's what's best for John Alex. And so just learn, just realizing that John Alex is God's child. He he's given me here, given him to me here to care for on earth. But, um, just trusting that God ultimately has what's best for him in, in place and going with that. That's good. You know, I, um, in our church here in Franklin, we have a, a pretty significant outreach to parents. Um, in fact, we just finished building a sensory room in our church, um, for kids with special needs. And in kind of talking to some of the leadership of the church, I discovered the divorce rate is massive amongst yes. parents with um, with special needs. And for someone that might be listening right now that has, you know, uh, has a kid with special needs and they're thinking, I can't, mm. I, I got to get out. I just, in thinking of going AWOL because it happens. And the, even the most sane people that you would think this is a normal situation, in the back of their minds, there's this tape rolling around like, I can't do this. And they want to ditch it. What would you say to that person out there listening right now that's thinking that? Yeah, we, we see that so often in our ministry. And, you know, Jeff and I just... We just said, you know, we're a team. We're going to be committed to this. And, and we learn to just have each other's back. And to, to our big thing was that we were going to be on the same page. I think what happens a lot of times is that, um, especially when, it's look, when you're looking at treatments and different things for your child, the mom may think everything needs to be one way. The dad may feel another way. And we just decided, you know, what, we're, going to, we're going to work this through. We're going to get on the same page. And if we would not move forward with anything unless we were both in agreement that this was what was best. I think a lot of times the moms will step ahead and not do things so much as a team effort. And we just set out early on and said, we're a team in this and we both want what's best for our child. Um, I think just you ha- it's hard because people will say, well, just go have a date night. You need to go have a date. You need to go have make time for each other. Well, in our world, that just doesn't happen. Yeah. It just doesn't yeah. happen. Yeah. I think, you know, for the church to come alongside and help um, offer support to those families, it's it's life-giving. Yeah. Um, and, and I think for us, we were super involved in church. Um, we had a great community there. And but we just said, we said, um, Jeff actually wrote a blog, blog post one time. It was called There Is No Yet. And that's a whole long story I won't get to go into. But we just said we're committed. We Those vows we made are important. They, we're going to stick with them. And through thick or thin, even through all of Jeff's illnesses, we, we became closer instead of allowing it to tear us apart. Hmm. You know, one of the things that I've been pondering personally uh, the last few weeks, and I shared it with our team here at iShine Ministries, is this idea of celebrating our, our lives and not always giving in to despair or fear. And uh, I've, I've had a rough couple of years with my family. I think probably our listeners can identify with these seasons of life that are, are dark or heavy, if you will. Mm-hmm. In the Bible, that would be the wilderness or the desert experience. And one of the things that God showed me was celebration, the idea of intentionally choosing to celebrate no matter what's happening around you, is a big part of his strategy for pushing back the darkness. And I think that's why he had so many feasts and, mm. and festivals that were established in the Hebrew calendar uh, that they regularly had to stop and celebrate. 
So how do you celebrate life with your special needs son? Well, one of the things that I started, I started this movement, I call it, called Redefine This Life. And I actually have a website, redefinethislife.com. And I just decided that, um, that I had the choice as to whether I was going to stay in the pit or whether I was going to choose to have joy in this life. Hmm. And I'll never forget, there was a moment I actually saw, I'd never heard the term solo parent before. I'd heard single parent. But I heard the term solo parent on a widow's widow site. And that just sent me spiraling. I started going, oh, my goodness. I, I, yeah, I'm not just a single parent. I'm a solo parent. I'm doing this all by myself. And and I, my mind just started going into this downward spiral of I'm all alone. All these lies, you know, believing all the lies. Mm. I'm all alone. What's going to happen to my child? All these things. And I finally just said, I just stopped and I told myself, I said, no, you are not alone. And I started naming off all my friends and everybody who would be there to help me if something happened. And um, I've had to learn to stop and readjust my thought process. What I, I think it's so easy to when those thoughts come in your mind to start down that trail. And I've, I'm learning to redefine that and, and to go, no, I'm not alone or, um, you know, just just the whole journey of being that living beyond labels. Yes, I am a widow. Yes, I am a solo parent. You know, all those things they do um, are there words that can be ascribed to me, but they do not define who I am. Mm. That is awesome. That's really good. And I'll say on the flip side of that, just because, just because you mentioned it, the, I had the same encounter of being a single parent feeling all alone. Um, I was, on a, a trip to Italy once and I, and I was standing in line and there was a sign that um, said solo on it. And I was yeah. like, oh, I wonder what that means. And I looked it up in Italian solo means exclusive. And I started reframing the idea of solo wow. as identifying with God's exclusive love for me, not as a parent, not as a professional, but just as his son. And so it, you're right. It is how we look at things and how we choose the perspective that we choose to adopt. And so I'm so glad that you shared that because I think that's a really powerful reminder for all of us. That's awesome. Yeah. As I'm looking at some of the, the Q and a suggestions from your publicist and I, I gotta ask the question, uh, what can families mm. do if they know a special needs family? What, what can the church, what can families, how can we, serve? how do we support the special families community? Yeah. Well, I think the main thing is just letting them know that they are seen, that they are loved. You know, so often, so many special needs families feel so isolated. Like you go out and people will stare at your child or will make comments about your child. And so, um, you know, one of the things that like when we walk into church, uh, people come up and talk to John Alex. They don't just overlook him. Hmm. In fact, it, I'm, I'm John Alex's mom. You know, I'm not Becky. Hmm. I'm John Alex's mom. And so just seeing the child, communicating with the child. Also ask, you know, don't, don't just assume what a parent needs. We had, we had somebody came, who came to us one time and they were trying to be really sweet, but they were like, here, we're going to send you on this trip and it's going to be this camping experience. And I was like, <laughs> that is not going to work in our world. You know, it's appreciative, but it was just like, that isn't going to work. So I think to just be honest with a family and go, what can we do to come alongside you 
and help you don't just assume um, what a family will need. Hmm. Uh, but I think just we just want to be seen. We just want to feel like we're we feel so isolated and so alone so often. And so for a church to just come alongside and do what you can do to make a place for this for the special needs families to be a part of your community there at church, it is it is life changing. I can't imagine right now me going through what I'm going through after the loss of my husband and not having my church family hmm. can't imagine. And, um, so every family needs to feel that community and to feel that, that sense of belonging. And so, you know, taking a meal to someone as simple as that sounds really that a lot of times a mom has gone days without sleep mm, and yeah. blessing, them with, blessing them with that one simple thing, yeah, um, good. can be life giving to a special needs family. That's awesome. So in closing, um, tell us how you and, and um, John Alex are doing. How, how's life now, especially since, you know, the loss of your husband and how are you guys doing? You know, I will have to say we're, we're doing good. We're doing good. The first, um, it's obviously there's moments, especially on the weekends when, when it's just he and I that are home and I'll, there are lots of tears yeah. on the weekends. Mm. Um, because you just, it's so isolating and just, you know, when I'm at work and I'm with, with the, with my team here at rising above, we're busy and active and it's great. But when, when it's in those quiet moments Mm. where it's really hard, um, but it's a, it's a joy to me because to see Jeff's legacy continuing on through this book and through his words and his writings and, um, just that piece of knowing, you know, I'm going to see him again. I'm going to be with him again as hard as it is right now. Um, I know where he is and I know where I'm going and where he is. And so um, I'm, I'm grateful that, that I have that peace and that assurance yeah. of knowing that this time, the time here without Jeff is going to be hard, but it's not going to last forever. The time with him will last forever. So. Wow. Well, we've been talking with, Becky Davidson, and really learning a little bit about Rising Above Ministries and the the book that she has published uh, as a result of continuing the ministry and heart of her late husband, Jeff. It's called Common Man, Extraordinary Call, um, and it is thriving as the dad of a child with special needs. So where could our listeners find this book, get, in a, hold, get a hold of you and your ministry? So the book is available on the shelves at Lifeway, um, and it's also at Amazon. And to find out more about Rising Above, uh, risingaboveministries.org. And we do retreats and outreach events for special needs families all across the country. So just if you go to our website, you can find out all that information, just of ways you can get involved and be a part of what we're doing. So risingaboveministries.org. That's awesome. I love what you're doing and so grateful that you took time to be with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm honored to have been with you today. Well, that's been uh, our special guest today on Brilliantly Brave Parenting. We thank you for your time, Becky, and we will make sure and post all of those resources and links on our website uh, in the future as your episode comes out. So thanks for being a part of it. Thank today. you. Thank you so much. God thank bless you. you. God bless thank you. you. You know, Robert, you think uh, you're having a rough day sometimes. I know. I, yeah, you that's know. so funny you said that because I, I was thinking I've you know this morning struggling with my daughter in school and found out her grades weren't what I thought they were and what she had been representing and I'm like really 
on the way down here, I'm thinking, ah, this is just, I can't believe I'm dealing with this. I mean, I thought that we had, you know, and then you hear something like this and it's just, I have so much respect for, right? for people that, that walk through this and yeah. they're all around us, you know, um, these families, we just don't understand the gravity of what they're walking through. So I'm glad that she was able to send, to share some light. I love what they do as a ministry. Well, and I, you know, one of the things that I think, just to be practical uh, for our listeners, you know, the natural reaction when you see a special needs family is to sort of avert your eyes. Right, because you don't know how to handle yeah. yourself or what to do. It, it's kind of like, I don't know what to say, and right. I don't know how to react, so I'll just avoid this entirely mm-hmm. because it makes me feel uncomfortable. Right. And uh, you when we asked her, what is the hardest thing? You know, what is the struggle? To be seen yeah. was her response. She said it three times. I wrote it down. Yeah. To be seen. Uh, and it made me realize how many people don't look and yeah. don't say hi. Engage. And don't talk um, because of their own awkwardness. And what that does to a family of special needs obviously is devastating. So my encouragement uh, to myself and to anyone listening is, to reach out to those around you who are uh, engaged in raising special needs kids and do not be afraid to talk. Don't be afraid to look, to to see. Yeah, it's the know. little things that matter. I, you know, some of the things are similar to what single parents go through as far as like the practical, simple, bringing a meal, mowing the lawn, yeah. things that you would think they're just every day, but they're massive yeah. to, to people in this situation. So we can all do better at that. Absolutely. And uh, for our listeners, if you are here for the first time, we are a listener-supported nonprofit ministry, a part of the Tween Gospel Alliance and iShine ministry team. And uh, we would love for you to come and check out our website at brilliantlybraveparenting.com. You can subscribe to the podcast. You can like the podcast and leave comments that are only good. Uh, and we, <laughs> or you could donate, or you can donate to the to the subscription uh, page that we have. We have uh, multiple partners that have helped to make this podcast work, and we'd love for you to stop and see their stuff as well. One of them is delicious that we're drinking right now. It is right? delicious. Uh, this... CJ's Coffee Cafe. It is fantastic. Coffee, cafe, and roasters. And, uh, I have the Epiphany brand that I'm holding. If you're watching, you can see this. This is awesome. It's really good coffee. And we're grateful that they believe in what we're doing and, yeah. and thankful for their support. And in addition, we've also partnered with Bethel Music this, uh, this season. Uh, they have a fantastic movie out called Bright Eyes. Mm. And uh, we have all the information about that. It's, it's a really, really well done movie. About uh, are you talking children. about bright ones? Yes, bright eyes, bright ones. <laughs> well done, Brad. Thanks. We'll have to edit that. They have a really good movie that I had a chance to preview called Bright Ones. And it looks fun. It it actually reminds me of the old Eyeshine stuff. Yeah, totally. Um, but with a really modern twist and uh, very well done. And for parents of tweens and teens who are really considering how music and media affects their kids, this is a must-watch. Yeah, I agree. Couldn't agree more. Well, thanks for being a part of this. God bless you. And we will be right back here next week. See you later. Be encouraged, parents. You are not alone. In Paul's letter to his son in the faith, Timothy, he writes, But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed 
and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Brilliantly Brave Parenting wants to be an encouragement and support that parents can rely on. Would you consider liking us and sharing us with a friend? As a part of the Tween Gospel Alliance, we are a nonprofit organization dependent on the support of friends like you. Thanks for stopping by. We'll be right here next week. You know, Robert, every parent, every pastor is looking for resources that are new and insightful for their kids. So true. So so where do we go? Well, with the advent of iShineLive.com, we have a web store. And in that web store, we've got resources. Like what? We've got resources like Bibles. We've got devotionals. We even have journals for kids. Do you have music? We do have music. And video? Absolutely. Wow. And everything's been designed for the preteen and tween in your life. Who needs Amazon? iShineLive.com. Check it out. Brad, you know I'm a foodie, right? Absolutely. Okay, I want to tell you about this awesome coffee experience. It's called CJ's Coffee Culture and Community. It is a faith-run coffee culture. And the thing that's really cool about this is that they roast their own beans, they have delicious coffees, and they, they have two brick and mortar, so two coffee bars, as well as a virtual location at cjscoffeecafe.com. Here's the cool thing. They ship their beans, they ship their coffee anywhere in the world, so you don't just have to be in Texas to enjoy it. CJ's Coffee Culture and Community. Awesome.